0: Harvest New Beginnings Church is located in Oswego, Illinois. We exist for God's glory alone, encouraging each other to have a deep love for God and a sincere love for people. This message is brought to you by Pastor Scott Poling. All right, I just got to tell you that I thoroughly enjoyed that video uh, earlier with Andrew and Natalie. But I don't even remember a thing they said. I was just totally focused on that little baby Avery. So that was just awesome. And as a grandfather, I'm just like living in that moment right now. Anyway, would you pray with me before we dive into the word of God? Let's pray together. Father, it is just good. It is good to gather with your people, even if it's online, and just to sing your praise. And uh, Lord, I just want to pray your blessing. I want to pray that you just feed our souls right now uh, the truths of Holy Scripture. Lord, I just want to ask that you help me, um, Father, to be spirit-filled and strengthened by you and you alone. I want to pray, Lord, that you would just grant me uh, just that freedom and that liberty and that passion just to preach your word, Uh, Lord, with a conviction as well as with a love. And, And I just want to pray for those listening, for those who may not know you, that they would come to faith today. And for those who are struggling in their walk. Uh, that they would be encouraged and grow. And Lord, we just want to say thank you. And we just commit our time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. And honestly, I do. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for faithfully attending services. Uh, And I know, I know online services are not the same and they're hard. Um, But but we, we just need to to work through that and understand it's not forever. And as other states open up, our state will eventually open up. And maybe you're listening and your state is opening up, jealous. We're going to be getting there. Uh, but thank you for, for attending service and thank you for worshiping. Thank you for, for singing. Thank you for giving to the Lord. Thank you for studying scriptures uh, with us together. Thank, thank you for praying. I just want to say thank you for being like a religious Pharisee. you want to say, why? Thank you for being like a religious Pharisee. And you may say, wait, wait, what did you say? Well, well, religious Pharisees attended services. They sang songs. They gave financially. They, they studied the scriptures. They prayed. They were very religious people. And so I'm assuming if you're watching online today, you're doing church online, you must be a very religious person. And you may think, well, I'm not that kind of religious person. I'm not the wrong kind of religious Well, what makes the wrong kind of religious? And who's to say what the wrong kind of religious is? And how do I know that I'm not acting like the wrong kind of religious? These are good questions. And Jesus answers them. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go ahead and turn to John chapter 5. John chapter 5, is we're studying glory among us, we're studying the life of Jesus in the book of John, and he's been interacting with some very religious people. Now, he's just told them in verse 39 and verse 40, that you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. It is these, Jesus said, that testify about me, and you're unwilling to come to me so that you may have life. So he says, uh, understand something. It's not about being religious that saves you and knowing the word of God and studying the word of God. It's all about coming to me because I save you, is what Jesus says. So Jesus says, you don't receive me, the one who is glory among you. And then Jesus says these words. John chapter 5. Turn in your Bibles to John chapter 5. Verse 41. He says, I do not receive glory from men, but I know you, that you do not have the love of God in yourselves. That's something to say to religious people. You don't have the love of God. I've come in my father's name and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, you will receive him. How can you believe when you receive glory from one another and you do not seek the glory that is from the one and only God? Do not think that I will accuse you before the Father. The one who accuses you is Moses, in whom you've set your hope. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? Good questions to these who are very religious. But they're the wrong kind of religious. What makes someone, what makes you, or what makes... Me, the wrong kind of religious. The first thing we see in this passage is this. They, they, they offer up rejected praise. Verse 41, I do not receive glory from men. I do not receive praise from men. Now, um, my family and I, we've been watching the last dance. Michael Jordan's basketball thing on ESPN. And we've been watching the censored version. And it just, it just made me think of basketball. I do not receive glory from men. I reject Your praise. All-time block shot leader, Hakeem Olajuwon of the Rockets. It's like, get that out of here. People every single day are playing a religious game with God. And they're losing. And they, they shoot up praise to heaven. And God says, get it out of here. Blocked. And they lay up some worship to God. And he says, get it out of here. Blocked. How many today during this service are going to have your shots blocked that you sent up to heaven. You, you, you sang a song, but it was insincere. And that worship has been rejected by God. You gave an offering, you text to give, or you sent something in, but with a rotten attitude. There's no reward in that, it's rejected. Prayers are offered without purpose, without focus. Don't even know what we prayed. They're blocked. They're rejected. That's the wrong kind of religious. That just falsely assumes that whatever I send up to God, he automatically accepts it. Verse 41 says otherwise. I do not receive glory from men. I do not receive glory from men or praise from men. So God wants authentic praise. Even if it's from an online church service, he wants authentic praise from you and from me. Even if you're sitting in your living room, singing in your kitchen, praying in your family room. See, I I don't know about you, but I I know about me. I've been complaining too much about this online service stuff. And I've got to stop complaining and start worshiping and make the, the best of it, make the most of it. Because I know we're going to be back. It's just a matter of time as things slowly open. They may not be opening up as much as I, and I'm jealous other states and other pastors and friends having church today. It's going to slowly open. It's just a matter of time. So I've got to stop complaining, and I've got to start worshiping. And speaking of worship, I just want to welcome you who are here today to worship. Maybe you've joined us for the last uh, eight or nine weeks. Welcome. Maybe this is your first time today. I just want to say thanks for being here. And, and we have a different interactive format, and uh, you can introduce yourself right now. Just type your name. Tell us where you're from. We have people from out of country worshiping with us every week. We, we have a group of people from South Africa who's been worshiping with us. We've had people from Rwanda and from Asia. from, from all. We've had people from out of state. I, I've got a friend, Jim Goodrum, in North Carolina who's been worshiping. Jim, how you doing? Hope you're worshiping with us today. So, so introduce yourself, if that's you, and let us know if this is your first time. Thanks for being here to worship with us. And my prayer is that your worship is the kind of worship that God receives, and that he doesn't reject. What kind of worship, what kind of praise, what kind of glory does God reject? We see some examples in scripture, I just want to go over a few. He rejects the sacrifice of a disobedient life. King Saul learned this the hard way. 1 Samuel 15, verse 22. Has the Lord as much delight in birth offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as of the sin of divination, and insubordination is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you've rejected the word of the Lord, he's also rejected you from being king. So God says, Rejection. I reject your sacrifice, and then he went so far as to remove Saul from the office of king. Talk about losing hypocrisy in the life of a Christian, in the life of someone who's religious, in the life of someone who's spiritual. Hypocrisy always comes with a price. It's the wrong move to make. It's the wrong play to make. He not only rejects sacrifice of a disobedient life; he rejects the gifts. Of a proud flaunter giving to poor people. But in a way that just is for attention to ourselves. Some truths from the Sermon on the Mount are found in Matthew chapter 6. Starting in verse 1. Jesus said, beware of practicing your righteousness before men. To be noticed by men. Letting everybody know what I did. How generous I was. Otherwise you have no reward from your father. Rejection. No reward from your father in heaven. So when you give to the poor. Do not sound the trumpet before you. As the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be honored by men. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. That's all they're going to do is get the applause of men, not the applause of God. But when you give to the poor, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving will be in secret. And your father, who sees what's done in secret, he receives it. He knows it. He rewards you. What about offerings? He rejects the offerings of a disgruntled giver. 2 Corinthians 9, each one must do just as he's purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, not with a bad attitude, for God loves a cheerful giver. So there's, there's no reward for a rotten attitude when we give financially to God. Does God ever reject prayers? Yeah, he does. He rejects the prayers when unknown sin is, is when known sin is unconfessed. Isaiah 59, verse 2. Your iniquities, your sin, has made a separation between you and your God. Sin separates. And your sins have hidden his face from you so that he doesn't even hear. Sin causes God to say, I'm not going to listen to you until you deal with the sin in your life. And some of you listening right now need to hear this. You've just been assuming you're in constant communication with God and God's cut you off. Because you know that there is sin in your life that is unconfessed and you continue in it. And God is saying, I need to see some humility. I need to see some brokenness. Uh, let's get back to the Sermon on the Mount, speaking of prayer. He rejects prayers when motives are impure. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 and 6. When you pray... You're not to be like the hypocrites. What, how do they pray? Well, they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they may be seen by men. Now, I know I was praying publicly, but you should have had your eyes closed. There's a place to lead God's people, but I want you to notice what he says here. When you pray, go into your inner room, close the door, pray to your father who is in secret. Your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. This also, prayer and praying applies to marriage, and especially us husbands, listen up guys, because God rejects prayers, the prayers of insensitive husbands. 1 Peter 3.8, you husbands in the same way live with your wives in an understanding way. Seek to understand your wife, meaning be patient with your wife, be gentle with your wife, be kind to your wife, as with someone weaker, since she's a woman, and show her honor, honor your wife as a fellow heir of the grace of life. In the eyes of God, she is equal. Equal setting before God. So that your prayers will not be hindered. God says if your relationship with your wife is not right, your relationship with me cannot be right and I block your prayers, I reject your prayers, because you have not figured out the importance of your relationship here on earth. Because if you want a relationship with God, you need to make sure things are okay in your relationships on earth. So the wrong kind of religious, any sign of that in me, any sign of that in you? wrong kind of religious, these Pharisees offered up rejected praise. God said, nope, not going to hear it. Second thing we see about the wrong kind of religious is they lack love. Verse 42, he says, I know you that you do not have the love of God in yourselves. This is, this is fascinating. Jesus says, I know you. He knows everything about them. That's why he's rejected their praise. See, Jesus is God. He's, he's all knowing. He's omniscient. He's The glory among us, God in the flesh, living among men. This is the second time this truth is taught in John chapter 2, 24 and 5. But Jesus, on his part, was not entrusting himself to them. Why? Because he knew all men, because he did not need anyone to testify concerning men, for he himself knew what was in man. He doesn't trust them because he knows them. And he knows what's in them. And he knows what's in me. And he knows what's in you see jesus can read us like a book he sees right through me and he sees right through you he knows what's in our hearts he knows he knows my motives he knows your motives he knows why we do what we do he knows he knows by the way why you're watching right now he knows why you've joined online church He knows some of you are curious about spiritual truth. You would never go to church normally, but you find yourself drawn right now to listen to the word of God being preached. You're drawn to the things of God and you're amazed how the Bible seems to speak to life right now and God is drawing you to himself. He knows some of you are curious. He knows some of you just love the Lord so much and you're longing to worship him and you're filled with this gratitude and praise and, and, and you've got your Bible open and you, you're hungry to learn. And he also knows that some of you, your wife or your mom, are making you be a part. They dragged you out of bed to be a part of the service. And, and he knows that you think you've got better things to do. And he knows that this is probably going to be the last point you listen to, and you're going to turn this off. He knows your heart. He knows my heart. He knows our motives. And he knows a lack of love. Verse 42, chapter 5 of John, you do not have the love of God in yourselves. Didn't matter how religious these guys were. It didn't matter. They were experts in the word of God. It didn't matter how much they prayed or preached or gave or... or It didn't matter. They had never experienced the love of God. They'd never personally been changed by the love of God. Have you? Or are you just religious? Listen carefully. You may be a very religious person and God has you right now listening. Because he wants you to know you must experience his love. It's not about being religious It's about receiving the love of Jesus who died on the cross for you. And and receiving his forgiveness and his grace and his mercy and being changed. Not only in this life, but forever. These were religious people who hadn't experienced the love of God. And not only that, these were religious people who weren't expressing the love of God. Now, we've clearly seen that this is true of these people. There was a crippled man. Lame for 38 years. And Jesus miraculously heals him. There was no love for that guy. They didn't congratulate him and and talk to him and encourage him. They castigated him and chastised him for carrying his little makeshift bed. Where's the love, y'all? To quote the black-eyed peas, where's the love? There was no love from these religious people. See... People who truly love are people that will weep with those who weep, are people that will rejoice with those who rejoice. People who truly love will live out the truth of 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient and kind and does not envy or boast. Listen to this. Love is not arrogant. It's not rude. It doesn't insist on its own way. It's not irritable. It's not resentful. It doesn't rejoice in wrongdoing. It rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Love never fails. And 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 right now, there's a lot of religious people out there who lack love. They're irritable, and they're upset, and they're not kind, and they're not patient, and they're insisting on their rights and insisting on their own way. Religious people who lack love scream hypocrisy to a dying world. Religious people who lack love are wearing the name tag hypocrite. It's not what I say. That's what Jesus says. And that's what the word of God says. And so, if you're like me, you're coming under conviction right now. Because you've been lacking love towards your family members. You've been lacking love toward coworkers, been lacking love toward another believer in Jesus. And I want to encourage you right now just to confess that sin to God. Just confess it to the Lord and humble yourself before him. Because religious people are not always loving people. And that might be something you and I need to work on. The, the wrong kind of religious, they offer up rejected praise. Wrong kind of religious lack love. There's just the third thing we see. The wrong kind of religious, they they pick the wrong person. It picks the wrong person. Look at verse 13 or 43. I've come to my father's house. I mean, I've come in my father's name and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, you will receive him. You're picking the wrong person, Jesus says. I don't know if you noticed Friday's headlines, man, it just erupted all over social media. 17-year-old climate activist Greta Thunberg, you know, put on the CNN panel with, with pandemic experts. Boom! Everybody went crazy. And I don't know the whole story, but it was pretty funny. She has no credentials, no years of study, no learning, no doctorate, no books written. There are many other people much more qualified that they could have picked. I want you to understand this. Jesus came. With all the credentials, the backing of heaven, he comes with authority and majesty and power from on high. Jesus comes as the visible presence of God Almighty, creator of mankind, sustainer of life, expert in the human condition, savior for all men and women. And their response, nah, we'll wait for somebody else. Put him on the panel. Put Jesus in your life. And put Jesus in the middle of your life, every single day of your life, and make sure your life revolves around Jesus. Don't pick the wrong people for your life to revolve around. Pick Jesus. Put him on the panel. Put him in your life. Too many people picking the wrong people. If another comes in his own name, verse 43, Jesus says, you'll receive him. The Jews were picking false teachers. They were picking false prophets. They were picking false messiahs. The world around us, your neighbors, co-workers, family members, relatives, they pick false teachers. They pick false prophets. They pick false gods. The world will pick Muhammad over Jesus or pick Buddha or pick a cult like Mormonism or Jehovah's Witnesses or pick hedonism. The self-indulgence, the satisfying of of the flesh and the pleasures of life over Jesus. Pick Jesus. Jesus, who is God, who came in the flesh to live as a man, living a, a sinless, perfect life and dying for my sins and your sins as a sacrifice, nothing but the blood. And he, he rose from the dead and he intercedes at the right hand of the Father and he's returned, returning from glory to rule and reign. Pick Jesus. Let your life revolve around him. He's the only one that can change a life. He's the only one that can save a life. The wrong kind of religious offers up rejected praise and lacks love and picks the wrong person and next seeks the wrong glory. Look at verse 44. Jesus says that these very religious people, How can you believe when you receive glory from one another? You receive praise from one another and you do not seek the glory, the praise that is from the one and only God. He says, first, you're never going to come to belief when you're living a man-centered life. He says, how can you believe? Your orientation must change. And some of you listening need to understand this. Your orientation must change. The orientation must change from the things of earth to the things of heaven. It must change from man to God. And we've got to stop seeking the applause of men. Verse 44. How can you believe when you receive glory from one another? Praising one another, congratulating one another, honoring one another. It's kind of like celebrities giving celebrities awards and accolades. What we have here are the religious Oscars. And the best actor award goes to, and the best actress award goes to, and best supporting actor is. They're they're just praising each other, congratulating each other on how spiritual they are and how religious they are. And they're honoring each other. And Jesus says, you got it all wrong. The wrong kind of religious lives for the applause of men. In Matthew 23, he would point this out. Verse 5. They do all their deeds to be noticed by men. They broaden their floracteries and lengthen the tassels on their garments. They love the place of honor at banquets and chief seats in the synagogues and respectful greetings in the marketplaces and being called rabbi by men. All their deeds are to be noticed by men. We saw this earlier. They prayed for praise. They prayed. That's why they prayed. They wanted praise. And they, they gave to the poor for applause. And, and now here we see they dress spiritually. Seeking attention. And they seek uh, places and seats of honor and prominence. And they hunger for the approval and the applause of men. Here's a good reminder for all of us. Galatians 1.10. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. So you need to decide who you're going to serve. Are you going to serve men, women, people, depending on what they say and how they applause? Are you going to seek the approval of God? Seek the approval of God. He says you can't come to belief until you seek that. Seek the applause of heaven. Seek the approval of of heaven. Seek the glory of God. Verse 44, And you do not seek the glory that is from the one and only God. Now, this is an interesting word. You do not seek the glory that is from the one and only God. It can mean you do not seek the applause of heaven. Start seeking what matters to God. You want his approval. But it can also mean seek the glory. Who is the glory? The glory among us. Jesus. So seek the applause of heaven. And seek Jesus, who is the glory of God. Lest we practice the wrong kind of religious. Wrong kind of religious offers up rejected praise and lacks love. Picks the wrong person, seeks the wrong glory. One last thing we see, chooses the wrong hope. A, a misplaced hope is what will lead to judgment. And serious accusation before that. We see this back in our passage in John five forty five. Do not think that I will accuse you before the Father. The one that accuses you is Moses, in whom you've set your hope. And they thought Moses was their best friend. For if you believe Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my word? So we have this their main man, Moses, all of a sudden turns on them. And Jesus says, I'm not pressing any charges. Why not? Well, John 3.17 taught us that God didn't send the son, Jesus, into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. So Jesus isn't pressing charges against these guys. Who is Moses? Moses is going to press charges and bring forth the evidence and accuse them. And that's what verse 45 says. The one who accuses you is Moses. And this is very shocking for a couple reasons. One, these are religious people that always use scripture against others, including Jesus. And now scripture is going to be used against them. And here's the other shocking thing. Is that these religious people were all about Moses. They loved Moses. They were experts in all things Moses. Uh, The the Mosaic law was their bread and butter. That's who they were. They ate, drank, slept Moses. Everything Moses. Here's the scary thought. The same thing may be happening in the future to some of you who are watching this. You know the Bible. You read the Bible. You've heard the Bible preached countless times. You've memorized portions, passages, and verses of the Bible. And you even claim to love the Bible. And the Bible may be used as evidence against you. That's exactly what is happening with these religious people. They knew Moses. They read the Mosaic Law. They heard it preached and taught countless times. They memorized portions of it and it would be used as evidence against them. Make sure you truly know Jesus as your Savior, not just the teachings of Jesus. See, Moses was a false hope. Jesus says, the one who accuses you is Moses, and he's the one in whom you've set your hope. So their hope was in Moses. What does that mean? Their hope was in their self-righteous, religious, works-based religion. If I just live out the teachings of Scripture as best I can, and in their eyes thinking they weren't making any mistakes... It was all a man-made religious pride. And and what happened was, is they missed the purpose of the Mosaic Law. The Mosaic Law couldn't be kept perfectly. It wasn't to save them, but to convict them and show them how far short they fell. See, Romans 3.20 teaches this truth. Because by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified. I, I cannot Earn my way into heaven. No flesh is justified in His sight, but through the law comes the knowledge of sin. So the law is used to teach me about the depth of my sin and my need of salvation and placing my faith in God alone because I can't save myself. Galatians 3.24 puts it this way. Therefore, the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ. See, some of you right now are homeschooling. Some of you moms and dads are homeschooling your kids. You've become your kids' tutors to lead them. That's what the Old Testament was, the Mosaic Law was. It had become their tutor to lead them to Christ so that they might be justified, not by works, not by being a good enough person, but by faith. And again, you may be listening today. I want you to understand you can only go to heaven. You can only be saved from your sins by placing your faith in the one who died for your sins. And who rose on your behalf. That's how we're saved. Through faith. Not good works. So they had placed their hope in Moses. And they needed to place their hope in Jesus. This is what Jesus says. He says, Moses pointed to me. Moses wrote about me. Verse 46. If you believe Moses, you would believe me. For he wrote about me. So to believe Moses... Means you should believe me, Jesus says. The problem is you really don't believe what you read. You really don't believe Moses. You're really not believing what the scriptures teach. And I want to ask you the same question Are you really believing what the scriptures teach? Not are you just reading them or memorizing them or studying? Are you believing? And Jesus says, Moses wrote about me. And Jesus doesn't point out any specific passages. He just says, don't you see it? All over the Old Testament, I'm there. All over the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. Even after the resurrection, Jesus walking on the Emmaus Road with his disciples would say these words. Luke 24, 27. Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all of the scriptures. He says, I'm all over the scriptures. I fulfill prophecy and these truths are about me and these types and and these illustrations. And even back in Genesis 3.15, which is called the proto-evangelium or the first gospel. It says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed and he shall bruise you on the head, you shall bruise him on the heel. That's the first sign of God making things right and saving us. And in Genesis twenty-two eighteen, 18, it would talk about the seeds of the nation. Uh, in your seed, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. And in Genesis 49, the scepter not departing from Judah. And Numbers 24, uh, I behold him not near. A star shall come forth from Jacob, a scepter from Israel. Deuteronomy 18, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me, Moses said. From among you, from your countrymen, you shall listen to him. He's talking about Jesus. So many types and illustrations. Jesus is the ark of salvation. He's the Passover lamb. He's the manna from heaven. He's the bread of life. He's the serpent on the pole that you look at and believe you shall be saved. He's the great high priest. Jesus is all over the Mosaic law. And Jesus says, you must believe. You must believe in me. The words of scripture and the words of Jesus are one and the same. Verse 47. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? They're one and the same. You must believe the written word of God. You must believe the living word of God, Jesus. Because Jesus is glory among us. And so believe and be saved. Now, you who are watching today and you are believers in Jesus Christ... I want to encourage you right now, you're religious. Whether you like that term or not, that's what we are. I want you to check your heart for the wrong kind of religious. Confess any sin that is in your heart and in your life. and Make sure your life is right with the Lord. What is the wrong kind of religious? Let's review. The wrong kind of religious offers up rejected praise. Lacks love, picks the wrong person, seeks the wrong glory, and chooses the wrong hope. Now, for you who may be listening today and you've not received the Lord as your Savior, I want you to choose Jesus right now. I want you to call on the name of the Lord and be saved from your sin. And you may say, Scott, I know I need God in my life. I know I need forgiveness. I know I'm a sinner. Oh, we all do. So what I want to encourage you to do is call out to the Lord and just use words like these. It's not the words that that save you. It's repenting of your sin, turning from your sin and believing in faith and asking God. And so in the quietness of your heart and you who are believers, pray right now. Pray for people to call on the Lord. And for you who need the Lord, just use words like these. Close your eyes and in the sincerity of your heart, call out to God. Lord, I need you. Would you please save me from my sin? I repent. I turn away from my sin. And I turn to Jesus. I turn to the one who died for me. I turn to the one who can forgive me. I turn to the one who can give me life. Life now and life forever. Lord, please forgive me. I place my faith in you. I can't save myself. I can never be good enough to save myself. I place my faith in you alone. Please save me. Please forgive me. If you called out to the Lord, we just, we just want to celebrate with you. And um, there's no greater decision in life. There's no greater relationship in life. And, uh, and so I want to encourage you to let a good Christian friend or family member know that you've called out to the Lord. Text them. Send them a message. Uh, and we'd love to celebrate with you. So, so let us know. Uh, you can comment on the section there. You can send us a private message or email us. Uh, but, but let us know if you've come to faith. You may be watching today and you still have questions, really good questions. You're not ready to place your faith in, in the Lord. Well, interact, ask questions. No question's a dumb question. When you're talking about eternity and the forgiveness of sins, we would love to talk to you. And and we have people online that would do that right now. You can send us a message, you can email us, but but let us know what questions you have and, and how we can help you spiritually as you're on this journey. If you've been prompted by this message and are in need of a new beginning, or would like more information about Harvest's new beginnings, visit at harvest.church.